Hey, it's Andile, and this is the Unajua Learning Series. Welcome to it. This is where we present crowdsourced minimum actionable responses to important questions in 15 minutes or less. Now, this is the final installment of a three-part series unpacking the question, is the African technology ecosystem at an inflection point? Now, it's presented by Nigerian analyst and researcher Darren Adebayo. Now, if you haven't listened to the first two podcasts in the series, I'd recommend that you do that first. Before we proceed, I'd like to introduce you all to someone. His name is Portant Mube. He is an intern producer here at African Tech Roundup, and he's one of several new voices who will be finding their podcast Sea Legs on this platform. And, of course, he and others will be contributing to the editorial depth of our work. So, hey, Portant, how are you doing, young man? I'm good, man. How are you? Chillos, chillos. Tell the people a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, what you do here. Well, I'm an avid runner, millennial, and I have a Bachelor of Arts in Peace and Conflict Studies with a, a minor in Development Studies, as well as a Bachelor of Laws. Okay, so you're an overachiever. Hooray for you. <laughs> <laughs> also, you, you left out the most important uh, fact about yourself, which is that you're a Zimbabwean. Best stock on the planet, right? That's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> We're top tier. Top tier. Now, now all the hate mail from the rest of the continent will come. We don't care. <laughs> That's what happens at the bottom of the food chain. <laughs> let the crabs at it. Yeah, let them have it. Let them have it. So, okay, we really are joking, Africa. We love you too. Um, so listen, are you here to remind the people about one of the exciting things that we'll be doing to grow the impact of the African Tech Roundup platform, yeah? Yes. Right, so what is it? As African Tech Roundup, we'll be partnering with Social Stack. And we'll be launching a social token on the Silo blockchain to drive community engagement. Community that is our village. So if anyone listening hasn't read the press release we put out two weeks ago, you should definitely head up to africantechroundup.com and have a crack at it. But wait, wait, there's more. There's more? Definitely there's more. On <laughs> June 16, on June 16, that is a Wednesday, We'll be publishing a special social token launch podcast with more information on how the ATRU token works. The episode will feature, of course, Andile Masu, as well as the Social Stack co-founder and CEO, Andrew Beckowitz, unpacking the details about the project. So yeah, look out for that wherever you're listening to this right now. Fantastic. Great stuff, Portant. Uh, it's back to the galleys for you then. Definitely. <laughs> row, row, cheers. <laughs> uh, see you around, bud. In other news, people close to Darren Adebayo report that sometimes when Darren sends them voice notes via WhatsApp or Telegram, he lines up intro music and it sounds a little like this. All right, you're welcome to Justin's podcast. And this. Hi, guys. Welcome to my podcast. <clears throat> Moving on. Uh, in this episode, Darren unpacks what is driving the increase in capital flowing into Africa's tech ecosystem, suggests what the various types of capital coming into the space might signal, and he analyzes the role that local and international investors might play.
it's super interesting to see um, Silicon Valley finally realizing that the rest of the world actually exists. And, you know, so what we're finding is that these investors in Silicon Valley are starting to realize that the internet is going to affect every sector in every country. And so they are starting to look out markets outside of, of their traditional markets. And some of that naturally is starting to flow into Africa. And so what we're seeing is that over time, capital is leaving. Well, it's not as much leaving Silicon Valley because the amount of capital being deployed in Silicon Valley continues to increase. But more and more is going to markets outside of Silicon Valley to the point where two decades ago, Silicon Valley represented maybe 90% of all venture funding. And today it's about 50, 40%. And, you know, in April, it was pretty remarkable. In the first seven days in April, we had 15 companies that became unicorns. Four of them were in Silicon Valley and 11 of them were outside of Silicon Valley. And, you know, we had five in India. We had one in Mexico, one in Singapore, one in South Korea, one in Australia, one in the Netherlands and one in Uruguay. So what we're really finding is that, you know, capital is going to markets across the world and Africa is benefiting from some of that. So we're just, you know, we're benefiting from macro trends in in venture and in funding. Of course, there are also trends that are native to Africa, just around again, you know, smartphone penetration going up, internet penetration going up, founders becoming more savvy and, you know, moving sort of into this second generation of founders that are building platforms as opposed to just simple online marketplaces. But all of that is leading to, again, more and more capital coming into the ecosystem. And that's that's pretty straightforward, right? You know, there are a bunch of, of funding reports on Africa. And while none of them agrees on, on the numbers, all of them sort of agree that the trend has been upwards over the past few years. What I personally find more interesting is the type of capital coming into the ecosystem. And I guess the way to think about it is ecosystems are at different stages, And when we try to look at the maturity of an ecosystem, we look at the amount of funding that comes into it. We also look at things like the amount of hubs and the amount of developers. And I think think those things are very poor proxies. But, you know, there's a story of the drunk man who was looking for his keys under the lamppost. And then the policeman came came near him and said, you know, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm looking for my keys. And the policeman says, did you drop them under the lamppost? And he says, no, not really, but this is where the light is. And, you know, essentially what that is, is because we can see developers and we can see hubs, we tend to use these things as proxies of the development of an ecosystem. But for me, I like to look at the kinds of companies that are being funded and the kinds of companies that are being started. And so when an ecosystem is in its most early stages, when it's nascent, what you find is that people are still experimenting. They're still trying to understand what business models work in that ecosystem. Investors are not yet comfortable. So you see a bunch of angel investors, you see impact investors, and you see a lot of activity, but not necessarily a lot of growth. And then what happens is that at some point, people start to figure out what works for their ecosystem, what types of businesses to build and how to build them. The playbook starts to emerge, and then the companies start to really grow. And it's at that point, you start seeing strong local Series A investors, Series B investors focused on that market. And these are maybe some of the more successful angel investors from the earlier stage, which have started to institutionalize, or it could be other sort of backgrounds. And then you start to see that capital coming in and you see an increase in capital, but then you don't see a ton of exits because, you know, these companies are still scaling. And that's the point where we are, you know, we're sort of in today, I'd say in Africa, we're probably still in the nascent stage. We're starting to get to the point where real capital is flowing in. We're starting to hear some people complain about exits, but the reality is, you know, our companies are still scaling. And then you get to the point where, you know, the market is mature and there's a ton of capital flowing in. 
there are a bunch of exits happening. The more sophisticated global investors are starting to come in and starting to deploy real capital. There now becomes that pipeline from seed to series A to, to what I call scale up capital and then to exits. And of course, there are declining industries, which are industries where more capital is being taken out than is going in. And one example today would be, for example, oil, where, you know, people are probably removing money from fossil fuels and putting it into renewable energy. And I imagine at some point in the next couple of decades, there's almost going to be no money going into fossil fuel and you know, into renewable. But anyway, the point is, you know, if you look at Africa today, we are still super nascent. And that's why you're, you're just starting to see some of those really strong local series A, series B dedicated funds. And I think that's where tension between what role do local investors play versus, versus um, you know, global investors and the idea of, you know, if all the capital you take is foreign capital, then, you know, is it recycled into the ecosystem? But for me, I think, honestly, different kinds of investors have different roles to play. I think of three three types of investors, right? Angel investors and sort of really early seed stage investors. And those are the people who make company formation possible. Those are the people that sort of increase the velocity of, of startups emerging. Those are the guys who understand the market, can evaluate a business model, given the constraints of the local context can look at a founder's background and really take a critical eye to it and say, okay, this is a legit a legit founder. And so in, in places like Nigeria and Kenya, we're starting to develop robust seed angel funding ecosystems. So we're starting to develop many experienced seed and angel funds. And if you're a founder with a great business idea, you know, a great background and the right networks, you can probably raise a, a seed capital for your company. And then you have the, the dedicated pools of capital focused on that market. You have a fund that's only invested in Africa, only invested in Nigeria, maybe Kenya, South Africa. That we're starting to see more and more of on the continent, relatively large vehicles, so 50, 70, 100 million focused on the continent. But then what we find is that at the Series A level, we're still just developing the first few dedicated pools of capital focused on tech and tech-enabled businesses. We have TLCom, we have Partech, we have Novastar, Sawari Ventures, but these funds are, they're probably all in fund one, maybe fund two. So they're still pretty early. So Crunchbase did cohort analysis of, of companies that were funded in Silicon Valley and Traction did cohort analysis of companies that were funded in Africa. What I found when I compared, you know, Crunchbase's analysis with Traction's analysis is that you're five times less likely to raise a series A in Africa and you're eight times less likely to raise a series B. So while we have a robust seed ecosystem, the Series A ecosystem is still pretty nascent. And then the Series B ecosystem is even more nascent. But like I said, we're starting to see the likes of TLCom and Patek fill that Series A gap. And we're starting to see, you know, funds like Tiger Global investing in Flutterwave, which is great. Goldman Sachs investing in, in Cobalt 360 and in Twiga Foods. And then eventually the, the third type of capital you need is, you know, global investors that come with a track record and a brand. And, you know, what those guys do is when they deploy money into your ecosystem, it's one, it's sort of validation and that brings in other investors. And so if you look at YC, YC is perhaps in the markets in which they um, select companies, perhaps the most important investor in those ecosystems. And YC has only deployed maybe $5 million in Africa. And I'm, I'm sure there are a bunch of local VCs that have deployed more than that, maybe even in a single deal, right? But um, the reason YC's capital is important is because of what it means and it's because of its ability to attract further capital into the ecosystem. And so that's kind of the role many of these global f funds play. And then of course, there are the global funds that just have a shit 
ton of capital, like, you know, Tiger Global, which, you know, they just deploy in your ecosystem and then they help your companies achieve the type of scale that, you know, eventually leads to an exit. These global funds that don't necessarily understand the market can bring a perspective from across all the markets they invest in. They can bring validation and they can bring a ton of capital. Graycroft was in Flutterwave. They were also in Azar. And so we're starting to see more global funds with a ton of capital paying attention to the ecosystem. And if you just play this trend forward by a few years, maybe by a decade, we're going to develop a robust funding pipeline from seed to series A to series B to series B, to sort of scale up capital series C, D, E. These days, who knows, F, G, H, um, if you're Stripe. And then finally, when companies grow, when they scale, when they have these investors who come in late stage with a ton of capital and a ton of expertise in the public markets, they finally, you know, exit. We shouldn't be worried about, is the market big enough? Because we can see the market maturing, we can see the company scaling. And we definitely shouldn't be worried about exits because we can sort of see the investor profile focused on the market evolving and maturing. We're we're probably at some point in the next decade going to become a much more mature market with a pipeline of investors from seed to exit that are consistently deploying capital into the markets. And that's it for this series. A big thank you to Darren Adebayo for his service to The Village. Next week, we'll see the start of our next Unajua series, unpacking what it takes for a Ugandan research insight startup to become a commercial success. We have Peter Kisada on deck for that one, so be sure to join. In the meantime, though, this is where you get involved. Click on the Unajua tab on africantechroundup.com and leave us a 60-second voice note with your reaction to any of our Unajua episodes thus far. Or you can tweet us using the hashtag Unajua series or leave us a DM at African Roundup. We'd especially love it, though, if you left us a voice note so that we can scale your views on a future podcast. And again, to do that, head to africantechroundup.com forward slash Unajua. That's africantechroundup.com slash U-N-A-J-U-A. Munajua. One last thing, fam. We are currently pushing to enlist our first thousand premium members. Your support will allow us to spend less of our team's precious bandwidth on sourcing podcast advertisers and content sponsorships and more on producing and publishing great content like this. So to become a premium member today, click on the Patreon tab on our website. And one last time, remember that on June 16th, our special Social Token Launch podcast will provide more information about how the ATRU token will work. So please do join us for that. All right, that's it. Till next time, take care.